Hello, people of the interwebs. I'm Tash Doherty, and welcome to the Practical Guide to Pussyhood, the show about birth control, periods, and liberating yourself from the patriarchy. This episode is part of a mini-series on birth control that I did with my friend Tarolyn. We have very special guests with us, Dr. Jen and Dr. Erica, who are two OBGYNs at Stanford University, and they run their own podcast called The V Word. And I have learned so many amazing things from their podcasts, and they talk about all different kinds of women's health issues from a medically legit perspective, but also it's really fun, so you should check it out. In this episode, we bring to you Dr. Jen's and Dr. Erica's personal stories, how they decided to become lady doctors and their own experiences with birth control. So let the conversation begin. This week, we are super excited to have some extra special guests. We have Dr. Jen and Dr. Erica and Carolyn, of course. We refer to Dr. Jen and Dr. Erica as the Stanford Lady Doctors. And we've been trying to arrange this podcast, Carolyn and I, for weeks. And now we're finally here to talk to them about their birth control stories. Hey, the lady ducks. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's what we talk Can about. We- we're like, oh, we're going to go meet with the cool lady doctors. The lady ducks. For the we lady like parts. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Taryn's going to do a little interview sesh, and we thought it would be great to hear from them because they see thousands of patients and have all different kinds of interactions with women when it comes to going to the hospital and getting access or having a baby and all these different aspects of what it's like to be a woman. So we thought it would be interesting to hear their personal stories. Back to Taryn. So you guys are dope lady doctors. How long have you both been doctors? You go first. Over five years. Yeah, eight, eight wow. years. Yeah, so dope lady dialect. I know. I love these titles. <laughs> we, need to be we need cooler titles. Okay. So you both are OBGYNs. Did you always know that you wanted to be OBGYNs? Uh, I'll go with that one first. Um, I did. I actually went to medical school to be an OBGYN. Uh, this is Jen, by the way. Um, I'm the oldest of 19 grandchildren. Uh, my mom's side of the family is Mexican. And so, so yeah, I'm the oldest, and we have this huge Mexican family, and I feel like, I don't know if this is actually true, but I feel like I would remember being present at, like, all of those births in the hospital. And I don't know but whether that's just, like, that was the, the nature of our family and the community. Like, everyone was always at the hospital if someone was there sick. Um, but I just remember seeing birth so much and thinking, this is so cool. Like, I really want to do this. And then um, went to college, and I think it wasn't until, well, I should back up and say, like, I was raised in a very conservative household, and so I was, like, anti-choice for the longest time, and then when I went to college, my mind was sort of blown, and I was exposed to, you know, a bunch of different things, and um, I ended up volunteering at a clinic, a Planned Parenthood clinic, actually, and ended up seeing just a bunch of different situations present themselves and it sort of started to change my mindset and then that sort of evolved even through medical school and by the time I was in medical school I think I realized that it wasn't just the delivering babies I loved the surgery part of it and I especially loved the reproductive rights part of it and I decided in med school that I actually wanted to be an abortion provider on top of you know just being normal OBGYN which is sort of like a complete 180 
My story is not as 180-ish. No? You, no. You knew um, the whole way. I didn't know I wanted to be a doctor or an OB-GYN immediately, but I think my parents are, and my grandparents are all kind of like systems change people. Um, so I knew, I sort of thought in systems and thought about how we could make systems better. And then I decided to go to medical school, but I think thinking about improving women's reproductive rights was one of the systems that felt really important to me to boost and felt really underserved in terms of both information and research and just like me as an educated woman, how little I knew about my own reproductive abilities and body. Okay, so you have two kids. Mm -hmm. So when you were going to see your OBGYNs, was it kind of like weird? Are your OBGYN OBGYN you're going to, is that your friend? Do all the OBGYNs, like, do they know each other? I mean, kind of. Kind of (laughs) in the area, yeah. So you pick someone you feel comfortable with. You pick someone whose style meshes with you, you know. Um, You probably know more about your own style as a patient being an OBGYN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you see people's styles. Jen's my OBGYN. It's true. Are you her OBGYN? No. No, because you weren't here in time. I would have let I'd let you deliver my baby. That makes me happy. Do you wanna do you wanna replace my IUD when it's ready? (laughs) That's basically the same thing. It's kinda the same thing. Whatever. Um, Yeah. I'm not due for a pop, but you can do it. Sure. I'll let you. Bonus pap smears. It's It's funny because so my husband's also a physician, but not you know for lady parts. And every time I come home and I'm talking about like a colleague who's either delivered or had to put an IUD in them or did a pap smear or whatever, he's like, "Oh, it's gross. How can you guys do that with each other? Like, how can you like see your friends' vaginas?" And I'm like, "Do not understand that we are so desensitized to vaginas, like." The, okay, whatever. They don't all look the same, but they kind of all look the same in my head. Like I, we're not you know, like remembering. I don't remember. I don't like lock it away and be like, <laughs> no. oh yeah, that's the girl with the huge ass labia majora. Like you know, like I don't remember it. And so it just whatever. It's no big deal. It's like, like seeing an arm. Yeah, like it's everybody not has a big arms. Deal. Like whatever. Like I'm trying to think of what. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the other equivalent would be, but it would be like you see everyone's computer screens, their desktops every day. Like, don't you remember everyone's desktop? Or their teeth. Like, Like their teeth. Oh, yeah, or something. Right? Like, yeah, maybe some people's teeth are crooked, but whatever. You don't remember that. (laughs) Anyways, yes. That's so funny. Okay, so... Are you guys on birth control? Well, I mean... I'm all, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you want to talk about the type of birth control that you're on? I'll talk about my birth control journey. Okay, yeah, uh, your journey. But I want to preface this by saying that when people ask, because we're always talking from the lens of like providers talking to patients, and also I think just even in a podcast too, I don't want someone to hear my story and be like, well, that's what I need to use because that's what Jen uses, you know, and this is my own decision. And so when I'm talking to someone about what they want to use for birth control, I very much say like, this is not about me, this is about you, Mm -hmm. and you have very individual reasons for choosing, you know, whether Mm -hmm. to be on birth control or not, and which kind you like. But for me, it started with a pill, because that's how it it always starts, with pills. (laughs) And I was, oh God, like 14, and have always, for my whole life, had abnormal periods. And so my pediatrician put me on the birth control pill to regulate the periods, right? Classic story. And then I just sort of stayed on it forever until I got to college, and then I was like, this sucks, again, college just like my mind being blown Go, went to the clinic and realized that there was a vaginal ring and it was like new maybe it wasn't new I, I feel like it was like in my head it was, it was new, new, to new you. on the market it was new to me um and I was like I'm gonna try the ring so I tried the ring it was amazing I still really love the ring but then like as I went even further along in the process I was like why do I need to like think about this you know monthly or whatever and so I 
meanwhile, in like fast forward to medical school or, you know, residency and prescribing or, or putting IUDs in people right and left, but kind of scared to take the jump myself. I don't know. And I can't like rationalize why. It's just like, ah, yeah, the IUD is super cool, except I don't know. I don't know if I want to put it in me. Right. And then I, um, it wasn't until, oh gosh, it wasn't until after my first child that I finally, uh, committed. And I was like, I'm doing this. And I had a friend put it in. And as, as you do, as nobody should. As you do, <laughs> as you do. And, and it was great. And I loved it. Took it out, had another baby. I'm on my second one now. So which one were you on? The hormonal one, so the Marina. And then how long does that one last? So this one, the Marina is FDA approved for five years in the U.S., but we know that uh, people use it in different countries in, in Europe for up to seven years, and there's actually the company that, that makes the Marina is, is studying whether or not it can be prolonged. Wow. Yeah. And Marina's competitor, Lyletta, which is a great company to know about, um, is also is currently approved for four years, right? But same dosage of the levonorgestrel, the, the medication, and then is also doing that same study up to seven years. So They're looking for 10, actually. Yeah. That company is Meds360, and they're looking to extend the Laleta to 10 years even. Which would be... We'll, yeah. So we'll have that data That's eventually, amazing. too. Wow. Yeah, I have the Laleta, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. And we're also meeting with the Medicines360 people this week. Nice. Yeah. So, nice. It's an yeah. amazing company. Wow. Yeah. So you were on the Marina for five years. Mm-hmm. And oh, no. So, no, 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 no. Or... Uh, I had it for <clears throat> maybe like... Like two years. Two years. A year and a half? Yeah. I, I had it... After, I mean, however far apart my children are. But I knew full well. Like, I knew it wasn't going to be the full five years. I was just using it until I was ready to have another baby. And were you using the ring right on, up until you got pregnant with your first child? Until, on until and off. you were trying to get pregnant. No, on and off. But then also, um, my personal story, too, is that um, is that my periods aren't totally normal. So, so I don't know. <laughs> Getting pregnant is a whole different Getting story. Getting pregnant is a whole other story. And so I'm like, uh, maybe it wasn't the most responsible thing. <laughs> but that's life. So. Yeah. yeah. I think totally. it's great to hear that coming from yeah. an OBGYN as well because... It's true. Yeah. It's like, well, that's you know. like a really... I always tell people it's a short phase, but this phase where you're like not not trying to yeah. get pregnant, but you're not not trying to prevent pregnancy is usually like a pretty brief phase for people, but is a really nice phase because yeah. you're sort of like not anxious about getting pregnant, but you're also not anxious about yeah. m- missing your birth control. Yeah. Um, but it's usually a very short phase for people yeah. before they enter the like anxiety that they're not pregnant piece I've, I yeah. have seen. Yeah, that seems to be our finding as well. It's like you spend 30 years of your life really not wanting to be yeah. pregnant and then the other couple of years of your life wanting to be pregnant. Yes. So. And the instantness of that switchover is kind of intense, I think, for people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and my birth control story is sort of similar in its progression, but I started taking the pill in high school, I think towards the end of high school, and I think I was somewhat trying to regulate my periods, somewhat, somewhat... Uh, she, she did some air quotes right yeah. there. <laughs> somewhat trying to regulate my periods, sorry mom, somewhat preparing <laughs> preparing to be sexually active um, and wanting to make sure I had some sort of protection for that. And I think that's one of the things that's appealing about the pill to teenagers is that there are other reasons why people would use it. And so they can sort of 
explain it a little bit more perhaps than something like an IUD, which feels, though there are lots of other reasons that people use it, that is like more of a discussion, I think, with people's parents. So I think the pill was like easier for parental buy-in for me. Um, And I took the pill all through college, all through medical school, until my third year of med school, which is when, for people who don't know about medical school, when you're rotating on all the different services. And so I was like working nights, um, had a really crazy schedule, and it was getting increasingly hard for me to remember to take my pill. Or even when I would remember, I would like be in the operating room or whatever, be away all the way across the hospital from my bag. And so I was like, I cannot to have something that I need to take at the same, be able to take every day. And so then I got an IUD and I rode, I I rode my bike to the Planned Parenthood to get an IUD. And I was like, this is not a big deal. I had seen them placed in clinic. Like, I'm sure I can bike home. Uh -uh. And my boyfriend at the time, Uh now husband, uh, he was like, I really can drive you. I can come get you all of these things. And I was like, no, 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 just come bike and we'll bike back together. And of course I like did not want to bike back (laughs) afterwards at all. And we, I have a very like distinct memory of him like holding me, pushing my bike and kept being, he kept being like, I can go get my car. I can go get my car. What are we doing? And I was like determined to walk back from my IUD appointment, which was very stupid. I would not recommend that drive, just drive. Um, but then I've, I've also had a baby and then a second IUD since then. And my second IUD, um, I didn't even really feel it going in. I think I had it placed at like two months postpartum and it was fine different yeah um so did you name your IUDs no (laughs) no did you (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, are you supposed to name them no I mean whatever like people name their cars people name things yeah I mean it totally makes sense to me no judgment I just didn't I also named (laughs) my internet you know how you can like name your oh yeah not like the your password, wireless? but like the wireless. Yeah. Is it the same as your IUD? In, well, no, it's just Marina's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry Lilita, you weren't around yet. <laughs> Amazing. So no. you're like, oh yeah, like you would wake up every morning and be like, oh, Lola's in today. I'm not going to get <laughs> Yeah, that's Lola. 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 No, that's a good IUD name in case anyone is I'm looking like for that. IUD names. Lola. Lola. I mean, yeah. Sorry. Okay, yeah. so I was going to say, so Erica, yeah. the birth control you're on right now that the listeners can't see is fetus. Yeah, no birth control. Baby. Right now. Are we? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I'm ready to actually talk about that. She, she won't let me talk so about it. Yet, sorry. <laughs> As always, if you have any feedback, you can DM me on Instagram. My handle is Tash R. Doherty, or you can message me at www.tashdoherty.com. And check out the V Word podcast. These doctors are amazing. They are so funny and I absolutely love chatting with them. So thank you, Dr. Erica and Dr. Jen, once again for coming on the show. Lots of love. Bye.